Hello and welcome to the Before I Knew You podcast. We are McKenna and Ty. And thank you for joining us. This is a podcast about miscarriage, pregnancy loss, life, and family. So what do you say, Ty? Let's get started. So, uh, as this is our first podcast and we're still learning uh, a little bit about podcasting, we, uh, we actually just recorded the whole podcast um, an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> For nothing. And <laughs> I went back to listen to it and nothing got recorded. So, so take that, two. Check, check. That was pretty fun, but it's good practice. So now you'll get the, uh, the more... Modified version. More modified, more... It'll be a... A little more short-winded. Yeah, but it'll be way better. Way more better. Way more better. Yeah. So, anywho, uh, what I first wanted to do was I wanted to talk about our goals for this podcast um, and see what uh, what we want to get out of this podcast. Um, So, Kenna, what... And tell a little bit about yourself, too. So, but first, let's, uh, let's... Talk about what our goals for this podcast are and what this podcast is going to be about and what we want to kind of try to achieve. Well, I think first and foremost, I want to create a space that is, first of all, a safe place where we can be super vulnerable and super real. Um, uh, our, you know, we, we said that this is a podcast about miscarriage and pregnancy loss and life and family, but the reason that we started this podcast is because of our pregnancy journey. Um, it's been difficult. And so I would say to start, our main focus for the first few episodes will likely be miscarriage and pregnancy loss and doing some interviews with some people. Um and so I want this to be a space where we can say the super hard and super real things around miscarriage and around pregnancy loss. Um, even in our own story that we're about to tell, um, you know, I told Ty, like, I, I want to keep it PG, um, but also, like, I can't keep out all the details. And so even in our own story, like, it, there's some some things that I will say in our story that might like gross you out or be, you know, you or whatever, but like, it's real. And we want this to be a space where we can just say the things that we need to say and we can tell the story, how it deserves to be told. Um, yeah, I think we, we also want to create a community where couples or people who have gone through some of this stuff can share their story, can, uh, tell about what, what they've been, through because I think it creates something where this is a tough subject to talk about. It's tough for people who have been through it, and a lot of people don't understand who haven't been through it, the feelings and what all goes through and the dis- disappointments. So I think if we can create something where people can tell their stories and can feel like they're not the only one who have been going through this, they're not going through this alone. Other couples have and um, maybe feel not so alone in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think um, what to expect on our podcast, uh, we will be interviewing um, a huge variety of people, um, people who have been through miscarriage, people who have been through pregnancy loss, um, professionals within the medical field, professionals um, within like 
crisis, pregnancy crisis centers or um, things like that. Um, but also, I'll, I'll have episodes um, where Ty and I will just talk about kind of things that miscarriage and pregnancy loss have taken from us, the things that it has made us. Um, so you'll hear episodes that might just be me, might just be me and Ty, um, and then we will um, interview our support people um, and people who have also been through the dreaded miscarriage. Yeah, maybe some doctors or mm-hmm. some of the people on the other side of, you know, miscarriages or pregnancy loss and stuff like that who who uh, we can understand what their, what their point of view is. Like, that's got to be a, a lot different cookie mm-hmm. than, you know, how we see it. Mm-hmm. Would you allow me to really quick say something, Ty? I'm wearing shorts and I'm sitting on a leather chair and I keep moving and there's weird sounds and it's not what you was, think. It's just my legs sticking to this leather chair. I, you're wearing pants, so... Nope. Nice, I'm, nice try. I'm in shorts, sitting on a leather chair, and my legs are sticking and it's not going well for it's, me. It's a great but anyways... <laughs> so... I'll go first. I'll, I'll tell a little bit about myself, just so you guys can understand who we are. Um, I'm Ty and McKenna. I'm not Ty and McKenna. I'm Ty and this is McKenna. You're just Ty. I'm just Ty. Um, I'm not a super talkative guy. I like to goof around a lot. like to make jokes. So if I ever say a joke or something and it comes across bad, I'm sorry. I like to. It might <laughs> offend the people, but I know your humor, so it probably will not offend me. Yeah, and we're because po- I'm your wife, so we got to okay. be ourselves, and so it's true. It's always tough to do that, but anyways, so uh, I was born in Wyoming. Um, my parents lived on this small little ranch with a trailer. We were pretty poor. Um, we moved to uh, Pennsylvania for a while, and then lived in Houston, Texas, for most of my childhood, and then we moved back to Wyoming. My dad was a preacher, so we moved around a lot. Your dad is a preacher. Is a preacher. Still, currently. Um, And the trailer we grew up on um, so happened to be uh, McKenna's grandparents' ranch, which she spent a lot of time on. Um, I would not have known her when I was there because I'm a little bit older than she is. I'm uh, seven years older, and so I did not see her when I was living out there, but it's kind of a crazy coincidence that we ended up together through all that um our paths actually crossed in many ways and we didn't even know yeah which is crazy in in of itself so i um currently work in the energy uh industry field whatever you want to call it um right now um so i work a lot of hours but um we wanted to make this podcast because we've we've been through some stuff and you know not everyone's perspective is not always heard so we wanted to open up that that door so can you tell us a little bit about yourself well i'm gonna start out by saying or giving a trigger warning um, because in this episode you will hear us refer to um lie um, su- um help me successful um pregnancies so I do just want to be sensitive and give a trigger warning. Um, we are not going to go into detail, um, but our successful um, 
births will be lightly mentioned. Um, so with that, I am a stay-at-home mom. All I ever wanted in my whole entire life was to be like my mom, who was a stay-at-home mom. Um, and we are so blessed to be in a position where I am able to do that. Um, I wanted to do that too, but... But you're not a mom. And Yeah, didn't, didn't work out. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to um, stay home with my babies and... Um, we're we're blessed that Ty has the job that he has um that allows us to be in the position that we're in um I am a young life leader if you know what young life is then you know what I do with that and if you don't really quick I'll just tell you it's like a youth mentorship program you should look it up if you haven't heard of it um And I would say, aside from being a wife and a mom, it is probably my greatest passion is being a young life leader. Um, I just, I love helping people. I love, um, this is going to sound funny, but I love loving people. Is that weird? No, not at all. And you're pretty good at it. Well, thank you. It's one of the reasons why I married you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. I do love to be outdoors, um and hang out with my family. I love to do that. Hang out with Ty's family. I love to do that. Yeah. Well, if we don't mind, let's go ahead and get into our uh, first episode, which we're just going to tell our story. Okay, so in 2017, Ty, in the spring, it it wasn't the best year, but it was one of the best. Yes. Um, So in 2017, um, Ty and I were set up on a blind date. And um, super thankful that I did the blind date. We were both... um Blindfolded. Okay, here's the joking thing we were talking about. Oh, yeah. She doesn't want me to joke, but... No, I do want you to joke. Oh, she doesn't want me to joke. (laughs) This is the joking thing that Ty was saying. He's a... It was a blind date, so he's saying we were blindfolded. That's not true. We didn't know who each other were. That's the blind date part. That was. It was blind in the first... Couple minutes. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. then it wasn't blind. Okay, good job. (laughs) Um, so Ty and I had a mutual friend, um, that, um, he worked with her. Um, he worked at Home Depot long, long ago. Um, he worked with her at Home Depot and then, um, I worked with her at Sportsman's Warehouse. Um, and she told me, well, okay. So like she learns a little bit about me. We, we were working together. She learns a little bit about me and she's like, oh my gosh, I have this guy and I'm single. And she's like, I have this guy in my mind that I really want you to meet. And I was like, I can't, I just can't. I'm scared. I dare I say she's not a super trustworthy person. She is (laughs) Amber. You're a nut. And everybody knows that she's crazy. She is a crazy girl. I mean, (laughs) no, she's got a big heart. She She cares a lot about people. And I think she, she does have a kind of a matchmaking ability. She does see stuff. She does. 
And so she was talking to me, and then, you know, at first I'm like, ah, I don't know. And then she's like, well, here's her number. Just text her. And didn't we text a little bit before? Well, we did text a little bit, and she had texted me, and she was like, you know, Amber was doing all the hard work. She was um, texting you and texting me at the same time. Um, and she she said, okay, I gave him your name. I gave him your phone number. Um Okay, let's backtrack. We both agreed that we would go on this blind date. Um, I, she finally talked me into it a few she, months she after talking to me. She forced us both into it because no one likes blind dates. They're, it's true. Maybe some people do, but... It's true. But it took me a couple of months, and I finally agreed um, to go on this blind date. So she tells me, I gave him your number. He said he will text you in the near future. And I remember responding to her and saying in all caps, near future... Like, I was super turned off for that. I was like, that Yeah, that was me awful. trying to, like, not do it. Yeah, I was like... She was just being super annoying about it, so I was like... She was persistent, that is for yeah, sure. She so, was persistent. So I did it, just uh, humor, and then it ended up... I think our texts were pretty good, so we we kind of... Yeah, the that near future that you told, that you spoke of, was actually only a couple of minutes. <laughs> a couple of minutes after Amber told me that she gave you my contact info. You texted me. We set up a time and a day. And I think she told me you didn't like that. And then I was like, oh, crap. Oh, well, probably, I be- yeah. I better I better text her. Yeah, I'll, that didn't feel good. I'll text her in the near future. Like, you have my info. It's now or never, bucko. Yeah, so I did. Um. So, yeah, we go on this blind date. And um, uh, I pull up into the parking lot. And I had all the info that I could. I had a picture and all the info that I could have about Ty. Um, but so, like, to my knowledge, I had never seen him before. Um, and so I wasn't 100% sure what I was looking for. Um, so I walked into the coffee shop. And I didn't see what was described to me. So I went back out to my car. And I text Amber and I said, what does he drive so I can scan the parking lot and see if he's here? And she says to me, brace yourselves, people. She says to me, last I knew, he drove a black minivan. And I thought to myself, do I run now or do I run now? No, minivans, I, I'm still a huge fan of minivans. I was a, I'm a drummer in a band. And minivans are perfect for storing my drum kits in. And the seats fold down. There's a bunch of room. You can put all your stuff in there, not to worry about it getting wet. Uh, minivans are, and you say you want to take all your friends somewhere. Boom. I'm just not behind. Perfect. I'm just not behind the minivan movement. I'm sorry. Well, you're missing out. Like, you need to. I can't. I still pray one day we get one. Oh, well, keep praying, buddy. <laughs> um. So I skimmed the parking lot, and sure enough, there is an old black Chrysler minivan. And wasn't at that time it wasn't that old. It was, it was old. Uh and six years old, I think. What was described to me as, as a beautiful man who this guy was steps out of the black minivan. And she instantly just fell in love right away. That is insanely false. I mean I would have. A man of my figure. Okay. He's getting a little out of control over there. Um, so, yeah, we we um, do this blind date, and 
Ty kind of mentioned that he's a man of few words and it is very true. Ty is a very quiet guy. Um, but he, he did well on that blind date. He really carried the conversation. Um, he asked like super meaningful conversation, um, super (laughs) meaningful questions. Um, and yeah, the, the date went, it went well, but I just, I wasn't sold. I wasn't a hundred percent. Um, but you asked me in person if I would go on another date. Well, no one, I mean, blind dates are just weird off the bat, at least for me. Some people probably get them, but it's just, I'm, it's tough when you meet new people about knowing what to talk about, knowing where to go, but it worked out good. I thought we jived well. We had similar interests, so that made it easy. So I said, hey, are you free? We should do this again some other night. And she said, yes. I think had Ty texted me and said, do you want to have another date? I probably would have said no. But the fact that he asked me in person really was significant to me. Um, So we went on a second date. And um, I like to tell the story this way. We got set up on a blind date. We went to the blind date. And the rest is history. Yeah. Um, it went, it went, it, our, our, our dates went well. Yeah. They were, they were good. They I'm were always, good. I'm, again, I'm a joking guy. So there's a lot of goofing around and a lot of, having a lot fun. of laughing and a lot of having fun. And it was always just light. And, um, yeah, yeah it was, it was great. So that was in the spring of 2017. Um, we figure around March or April ish. We don't know for certain. Um, and then, um, in November of the same year, seven, eight ish months later, um, Ty proposed with the most epic proposal. Nailed it. <laughs> I'll have to tell you guys somehow in case you guys ever wondering how to propose to your yeah, for fiance. Real, if you any if any of you dudes out there are wanting to plan a proposal, hit up my guy over here. My brother had a weird one where he proposed in the back of an ambulance. He pretended to be hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I don't recommend that one. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're thinking of proposing in the back of an ambulance, maybe think where again. Where your fiance is thinking you're being <laughs> taken, taken to the hospital and then you propose in the back of the ambulance. So that's yeah. uh yeah. Yeah. That that's a side note. He set the bar pretty low for me, so it was <laughs> it was good. Yes. Um so in November um we got engaged. Um and if you guys want to hear our engagement story, we would love to tell you. So give us some feedback on that. Um and then in March of 2018 March 25th of 2018, to be exact, Ty and I got married, and... It was actually the 24th. Are you sure? (laughs) Yes. But, you know, who's counting? Oh my gosh, this is hilarious. (laughs) Ty, good catch, bud. Oh yeah. March 24th was the day. It was the day of our marriage. It feels like forever ago. (laughs) That's so funny. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, so um, 
We got married in 2018, and, you know, when you're leading up to getting married and when you are married, people often ask you, like the, I would say the number one question you're asked is about kids. When do you want to get pregnant? When do you want to have kids? Have you talked about kids? How many kids do you want? Yada, yada, yada. Um, and I always said, because I was afraid of my real answer, I always said, well... Ty is a bit older than me, and so we have decided that we're not going to really waste any time trying to get pregnant. Um, we're just going to basically try to get pregnant on our wedding night, I guess, which didn't happen. Um, but we tried. <laughs> <laughs> to she, keep Kenna things has light. has a good way of making... Normally, I'm the person who makes things awkward, but uh, you know that time Kenna nailed that one. So. Yep. I'll be here all night. So, anyways. Um, we had a great wedding. We went on a great uh, honeymoon. Went on a cruise. We had a lot. That was probably still my favorite vacation ever. Came back and started living life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had agreed um, that we would try to get pregnant right away. Um, but in reality, my real answer the, the reason why I really didn't want to wait to get pregnant is because my whole life, from a little girl until now, the only thing I ever wanted was to be a wife and a mom. And I always had it in my mind that directly after I got married, I wanted to try to um, start a family. Um, and I would say the age gap did play a tiny... Yeah, I, I was 28 when we got married. But there, it's a larger age gap. It's not that you were old. It's just that we... I wasn't old. It's that we had a pretty good age gap. Gosh. 28. <laughs> I didn't, didn't want to be like a super old dad when my kids... I still will be, I guess. But yeah. I didn't want it to be like super... Like, hey, here's the 80-year-old guy. Oh, that's <laughs> At my, my son's da- graduation. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's my dad. <laughs> I didn't want it to be that guy. So yeah, t- um, our our age gap did play a little bit of a um, role in our decision to not wait to start a family, but the reality is, is I just wanted to be a mom, and that's all I ever wanted to do. Um, but I would venture to say I was naive, and I didn't know that pregnancy was like a science. It has to be like right day right time i was unaware of that and yeah when you have family that had lots of kids and didn't seem to have any problems i mean there was obviously pregnancy stuff there's always stuff involved but you know the kids were born and so you kind of uh get in that mindset where you know it's you just think oh it's gonna happen and everything's gonna be fine and you know that's kind of where our journey begins yeah um so it took us about 16 months to get pregnant for the very first time. Um, and I, I think for two people who just assumed that like it was going to happen and then it wasn't happening. You know, when, when you tell your side of the story, Ty, you say that there was no worry or fear or anything like that on your end um no, no not at first it was it was just kind of assumed that 
it was just taking a while. Yeah. You know, it's just sometimes this is how it goes. I know people have struggled and then all of a sudden they, you know, it happens or something, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's probably the difference between a guy and a girl. The guy's just like... There's a lot of differences, but yeah. Yes, but in <laughs> this circumstance, <laughs> that's the difference is on my end, month after month of not having anything, I began to think like, what is wrong with me? There's something wrong with me because I'm the one that has to carry the baby. I can't get pregnant. Um, but 16 months down the road, we get our first positive pregnancy test. Um, it was a good day. It was a good day. Um, I, I specifically, I specifically remember we were at the hospital because my grandma had just had a surgery and you met me at the hospital to go see my grandma and you came off the elevator and I handed you the pregnancy test. I specifically remember this. Yes. I, now that you're saying it, it comes to mind. But it's weird how some memories you don't. Some people remember and then others don't. But now that yeah. you're saying it, I do remember. It was in the elevator, wasn't it? You had just come off the elevator. Oh, it just came off the elevator. Yeah. And I handed you the pregnancy test. Because you were kind of happy. Well, day. I texted you and I was like, I need you to get here ASAP. And it was weird how happy you were when your grandma was in the hospital. Having surgery. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what was wrong with you? <laughs> no, she cares about her grandma. Um... So, yeah, when you get, when when you have your very first positive pregnancy test um, in your life, you automatically assume that baby is coming home. And you automatically start planning, and you automatically start getting things together, and you tell everybody in sight because you're so excited. I think we had the room pretty close to ready. We just needed a crib and stuff, but we were like, start working on the room. People were giving us tons of baby clothes. We had, you know, you just, and, and you're we were excited. Like, we were like 32 ready. seconds pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> I think you and your mom were like shopping that day. We hit a Hobby Lobby immediately. Yeah. 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 We went there. We did that. It's almost like the day I proposed to her, I think the next day you went wedding dress shopping. It, it was that weekend. It was that week. It was I long. bought the dress that weekend. Yeah. That's how you and your mom <laughs> work, I guess. Yep. Um, so I, um, yeah, we get that positive pregnancy test and, um, I hit up a doctor's office that I had heard my, some people in my family refer to a few times. And I, I think I would say, honestly, the only one that I thought was in Gillette at the time, I didn't know that there was like multiple. Um, so I, yeah, I, I hit up this doctor's office, um, and, the first appointment was just with the nurse, the doctor's nurse. Um, and I guess the days leading up to that first doctor's appointment, um, I did start having some spotting. Um, if you know, you know. Um, which shook me to my core. I I think... I even cried that night that I saw the spotting yeah. for the first and, time. You know, as a young couple, not knowing a whole lot about pregnancy, 
I was just thinking, hey, this is a normal thing. I think we Googled some stuff and it looked like it was going to be, you know, that, that, you know, that kind of happens. It's, it's a common thing, I guess, is what Google says. So, you know, don't always go to Google whenever you, <laughs> I always do. Yeah, stay away. I have a problem. It's like, I got this weird rash on my knees. You know, I go to Google and search it out. Yeah, you're weird. It's not that weird. Um, so... Yeah, I start having some spotting. We have the first doctor's appointment with the nurse. Um, and it was it was kind of weird, honestly. It was just like like it felt like a meaningless appointment, I guess. Um, yeah, I think that one made you feel more like you're just another number. Yeah. In that, in that doctor's office, yeah. you know. Um, so they basically said, like, this is what to expect, um, being a patient here, um, signed some papers, did some, I think we did some blood work. Um, and then she was like, okay, is there anything that you need, that you want us to know that you need us to be aware of? How are you feeling? Um, and I said, well, like I feel normal and, um, but I'm having some spotting. And she said to me, it's common. And away we went. Um, but as the days went on, um, we, we did have an ultrasound scheduled a couple weeks after that appointment, but as the days went on, um, spotting turned into bleeding. Um, and we had the ultrasound, and you and my mom came. Um, and some of you probably know this, but ultrasound techs can't like diagnose you with something even though even though they know (laughs) they know what they're seeing um they can't technically diagnose you with anything um so we do the ultrasound and um she was like yeah i'm i'm not finding a heartbeat um but i can't technically diagnose that so We'll have the doctor look over your stuff, and then he will call you with what he thinks is the diagnosis. Um, So for the very first time that day, we heard the words, there is no heartbeat. Um, And Ty had to go on to work. And I went home with my mom. Um, We had just recently bought a house. Um, So I went home to our new house to just kind of keep getting things put together and I try to distract myself as much as I could until the doctor called me. Yeah. And when, I mean, when you're a first time pregnancy, you don't really know what to expect. You maybe, Oh, then can't hear the heartbeat. Maybe next time they'll be able to hear it or something. So you don't, we, we left unsure. Yeah. They didn't really clarify stuff for us. So we were more, more confused than when we got there. <laughs> yeah, we were more in our heads and more yeah. not sure what was going on. Yeah. Um, so, but because of the, like the, we think that you're having a miscarriage because of that news, um, my whole family, my siblings, my, my parents, um, they came over to my house Um, and we, at this point, we had already told quite a few people that we were pregnant. Your dad actually announced it in church. 
already that we were pregnant. We just didn't know that you should not. Yeah, that's one thing we can Our opinion. Our, our opinion is. Is wait until you get the ultrasound and the heartbeats there. Then we start telling people. Even though sometimes, you know, that's, it's still, but it's like, it's a good sign. So that's when we, we, we've learned since then the kind of, and I guess, well, I'll let her continue. We learned later on to do that. We're not telling you what to do though. If you want to tell somebody you're pregnant after 500 miscarriages, tell somebody you're pregnant. No, you guys can do it. That's just what we did. Our, our opinion is we just hated the, uh, because then if everyone knows and then they didn't hear that. You know, you had a miscarriage, then they're like, "Hey, congrats!" And then you gotta tell them, and it brings up all the emotions. It's really awkward, and yeah, you cry in front of them. So we've learned if we've had some miscarriage, we we feel that for us, we'll tell everybody once. We may tell the immediate family, like our parents, real off the bat, but we won't go out make it public until until we have ultrasound and hear a heartbeat or something. So, um. At this point, it's it's getting later in the afternoon. It's kind of turning into evening. Um, and to not give you too many details, but to give you enough details to understand what I was going through, there was most definitely a crime scene. The bleeding had turned into gushing. It was brutal. Um, and of course the doctor calls right in the middle of my crime scene. Um, and, um, basically, I mean, without a million thousand details, um, basically said, I looked over your stuff and everything that you're describing to me right now is most definitely a miscarriage. Um, have a good day. And we hung up the phone and that was a wrap. Yeah. We we found that it's better to find a really good doctor to help with this. Even if you have to pay a little bit extra one who who really looks into you and really cares about you. Because it's tough when that's all you hear is, all right, have a good day. And then you never hear anything back. And you're not really sure of what to do next. What your next steps are, or if we're supposed to do something, or it was a real tough. We were just we didn't know what to do. And people listening, you might think like, "Well, that's on you. Like, you need to reach out to your doctor." But we just didn't know, and. Um, probably when I was on that phone call with that doctor, it would have helped, um, had they said to me, like, let's, let's get you an appointment a week down the road or whatever, um, so we can make sure everything is going okay. Um, but that just didn't happen and I didn't reach out to them. I just didn't know. I didn't know that I needed to do that. Um, and it it was just... It was a tough experience for me at that doctor. Um, he said some pretty insensitive things. Um, at one point in the conversation, I said to him, um, like, what can I do? Like, can I, can we save this? Like, it's not too far gone yet, right? 
Um, and he said to me, it's not like I can just give you some medicine to make the baby not die. And that felt very insensitive to me. That felt very, um, just like I've been through this a hundred times and it's just like, it's not hard for me. Um, but being somebody who it's your first time going through it. And I think even if you've been through it a few times, I think if you heard those words, that would be pretty tough to, that'd be a tough pill to swallow. But, um, so yeah, we, we have our first miscarriage. Um, it was super tough. Um, we cried lots and lots of tears. Um, especially because it took us so long to get pregnant to begin with. Um, but, um, in the fall, I think around October of 2019, um, well, I have to backtrack a couple steps because after our first miscarriage, um, my mom saw a person um, that she was, I would say at the time, she was an acquaintance of. Um, She knew this person enough to explain to her in their conversation um, our story and what had happened to us at the previous doctor's office. Um, And it happened to be our doctor. At the time, I didn't know that that's who that would be. (laughs) Um, But my mom explained what had happened to us and um, we... I will say, we received an invite to that clinic. She said to my mom, if and when she gets pregnant again, have her call the office, and we would love to see her. Um, and so then, in uh, I think it was about October of 2019, we get pregnant again. Um, and I guess... I guess to spare some time and to spare a whole bunch of details and a whole bunch of things, um, it didn't go well. Um, um, they sent me over to the hospital to have some blood work. You can have, um, blood work if you can't, if it's too early to see a baby in pregnancy, blood work is a really good indicator to see what your hormone levels are doing to see if the pregnancy is like a strong pregnancy or not. Um, so they sent me over to the hospital, um, for some blood work, my first round of blood work. Um, and then 48, I think it was about 40 hours later, um, they sent me back over for my next round of blood work. Um, and you know, emotion comes out differently for a lot of people. Um, you, you kind of process and you, you outwardly show your emotion in different ways. Um, and for me, uh, unfortunately, (laughs) sometimes it comes out in anger for me. Well, I mean, I like to, you're more of a caring person and you get involved in people and you care about people and you, you get emotional in your, and it's not like a bad anger. It's a, 
you know, I think it's a way of grieving or frustration, but it's not like out towards anybody. It's just what the situation was, but it's, it's, it's cause you care so much, mm. you know, which is a good thing. Yeah. Well, I get my second round of blood work. Um, and at this point, like I already know how this is going to go. The bleeding has, or the spotting has progressed to bleeding again. And, um, I just, I already knew what the news was going to be. Um, I got back to my car and I was chit chatting with my mom and she was trying to console me and whatever. And, uh, I punched my taillight out and, um, that car is still in our family and, I don't think I knew about that at the time, or I don't remember. And the taillight is still punched out. Maybe it's, I do remember. It's not it. fixed. Because I think we were supposed to get that fixed, but we didn't. But it was like a whole piece. You couldn't just get a taillight. You yeah, had to get like the I whole back end I'm, or something. Yeah. No, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, my, my emotion in that miscarriage, my emotion came out. Um in anger when, when emotion is super super heavy for me it often comes out in anger um but i think the doctor what helped way more in this yeah than the last one we had and it made it maybe not easier but felt like there was someone there for us yeah um at the ultrasound she i had never met her yet I'd never seen her. I didn't really know who or what I was looking for. Um, so I have the ultrasound and I'm by myself. And she says to me, um, the ultrasound tech says to me, I'm not finding a heartbeat. There's no fetal pole. Let me go get the doctor and um, she can diagnose this. Um, and the first time I ever, ever met this lady ever laid eyes on her, ever talked to her, ever seen her. She comes in and we have this conversation and she says to me, can I give you my personal cell phone number? I was shook. Like, you have never in your life met me. And you're offering me your personal cell phone number. You care enough to give me... Because our last doctor, we had to like call six different numbers to get through and then they I would tell them something and then they would call the doctor and then the doctor would call them and then they would tell me what he said it, that was tough um she gave me her personal cell phone number and wow my world was rocked I I couldn't believe it and just that conversation will be forever ingrained um in my heart just the way that she cared for me um, the first time she ever met me, um, and she, and when we were leaving that appointment, she said to me, if and when you get a positive pregnancy test, will you please text me? And I was like, wow, that is, that is around the clock care. That was exceptional. That, that blew my mind. And to this day, it blows my mind. Um, so yeah, at this point we'd gone through two miscarriages um, and I, Ty, I won't speak for you, but I'll speak for me and I'll say a successful pregnancy seemed out of the question to me. Yeah, I mean, I still, 
it's yeah i didn't know what to think i mean i'd heard stories of people going through some miscarriages and then eventually having a kid so i still had you know hope but it was uh you know a little more cautious maybe mm-hmm. if we you know if we did get pregnant again so then january of 2020 we get yet another positive pregnancy test and i text my doctor i said i got a positive pregnancy test this morning and i'll never forget what she said to me she said congratulations with cautious optimism and those words meant a lot to me um meaning you know like let's be sensitive let's be careful but also it's it's a life and it's worth celebrating so congratulations um i loved that i loved yeah that was like three years ago for yeah over three years ago and i i can remember that um And, yes, that brought us our very first baby girl, Emery. Yep, sweet little Amy. Um, She was born in September. It it took a lot of weight off our shoulders uh, when Emery was born. Uh, She's such a sweet little girl. She makes our lives, you know, so much happier. Yeah. Um, She, uh... Our little rainbow baby. Yeah, she is our little rainbow. So rainbow she, after the storm. Yeah, it, it's really special when, <clears throat> if you do go through that, I realize not everyone gets to have that, and it, and that's our heart go out goes out to you. Yes, it, you know, but it meant something when Emery was born. It just kind of it was significant. Made us joyful again, and and you know believe in ourselves. Yeah. You know, and she's such a sweet little kid, and we we she's uh she's she's our whole world right now. So yeah. Um. So yeah, we got our little Emery, um, and I specifically remember telling Ty a couple months after you know, like after after you have a baby, you have to have a conversation with your doctor around birth control and like what are you going to do going to do to prevent pregnancy are you going to prevent pregnancy blah 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 blah. um so we had the discussion and we have our own personal thoughts and convictions around birth control um and i say personal because it is personal um but we chose not to go the the birth control route um we chose to prevent it naturally um which didn't go well no no um tried our best though yep we gave it a shot but emery was nine or ten months i think she was nine months old um and we get another positive pregnancy test and that brought us to uh, our little rascal. She is a rascal, that little girl. Callie is she's another special girl that we have, but she uh she likes to get into trouble, I think. I think she enjoys it. 
Yeah. You know, actually, um, I said to Ty a couple days ago, I, I'm like I mentioned, I'm a stay at home mom. And so I, I'm the main disciplinarian. Um, I'm not a good disciplinarian. And, and um, I texted Ty, he was at work. I texted Ty and I was like, you know, for as much as Callie doesn't like to get in trouble because when she gets in trouble and she's told no, she cries. As much as Callie doesn't like to get in trouble, you would think that she would at least try to be obedient. But she doesn't. Mm-hmm. But Callie is funny. Callie's she, an awesome girl. She is truly the life of the party. Um, everywhere she goes, she's Callie, I would say, has never met a stranger. She yeah. <laughs> she smiles and says hi to everybody. She's way more outgoing than Emery is. And- yes. Emery is just our sweet little quiet girl, sit on the couch, do her own thing, go play in her room by herself. She's just very reserved. Um, and Callie, our, our girls could not be any more different if we tried. Um, yeah. Callie is just so outgoing and adventurous. Yeah, adventurous. She's courageous. She's She'll brave. She'll fall off something 12 times and then finally get it. I can't climb yeah. on that. You know, we, we joke a lot about Callie that natural consequences aren't good enough. It has to happen like 62 times and then it's good enough. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty accurate. Um, so yeah, our girls are 16 months apart. Um, and at the time, um, when we got pregnant with Callie, we, we were pretty nervous about the age gap that 16 months felt really, really close to us. Um, and it turns out that we liked that age gap a little bit more than we thought we would. Um, in fact, we love it. We love having our girls so close together. And my favorite question I get out in public, are they twins? Huh. <laughs> no, they're not. They're 16 months apart, but close. Yeah. Um, Emery is two and Callie is one. Um, so they they do look similar, but... Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, back on track. Um, we, we enjoyed the, that little age gap more than we thought we would. Um, and so we, when Callie was around nine, 10 months, we decided that we would start trying to get pregnant again. Um, and a couple months after trying, we get pregnant, uh, and all thoughts of this could go bad were gone. Yeah. I think we were in the thought that like we were kind of past that point. We, we didn't, at least I didn't, I had the feeling like, you know, it was going to be a, a good pregnancy and all that. So, um, I, I also think I would venture to say that maybe we kind of forgot that it could go bad. Yeah, that too. I, I think I just don't yeah we weren't ex- expecting or at least didn't didn't have that thought yeah um so um our our doctor the most incredible woman on the planet um she's a godsend truly um she gives us VIP treatment a lot <laughs> um she if it's possible to see a baby in ultrasound, she's getting us in. Um, there's no like waiting or 
anything like that. We have her phone number, like anything we need is truly, truly at our fingertips with her. And we are so appreciative and we are so grateful and, um, forever indebted for sure. Um, so we have our, our first ultrasound with this baby. Um, and we see the baby and we hear the heartbeat. Um, and like I said, because we get VIP treatment with her, um, she had us in for another ultrasound. Well, a few more ultrasounds, honestly, we saw this baby and heard this heartbeat multiple, multiple times. Um, and one morning before Ty was going to work, I had a doctor's appointment that afternoon. I asked Ty if he would be okay if I asked to get an ultrasound at my appointment that day to find out the gender. Um, and he was like, yeah, I don't care. Just, you know, text me right away when, when, um, if they can tell what the gender is, if we're far enough along. Um, and I go to my appointment and we do the appointment and then I ask her, is there a chance that I could get in today before I go to see, um, if we can see the gender because I'm just dying to know. Um, like we mentioned, we already have two girls and so I think we already knew what it was going to be, um, because we're just girl parents, um, but we were just dying to know. We had to know. Um, and so I asked her and she said, let me go check. And she ran to the back and she came back and she was like, yep, they have, they have room. They have space today. Um, so I went back to the ultrasound room. Um, and they do the ultrasound and she says, that looks pretty girly to me. And we were pregnant with our third little girl. Um, and of course it was, she, <laughs> uh, she says to me, let me see if I can get you, um, a good profile picture of this baby. Um, and the, the baby was it, truly, she was moving a lot. Um, so there was just like a bunch of like different, like shadows and, um, angles and things. Um, but if you've been blessed enough to, um, ever see a baby in ultrasound, um, you pretty quickly know what you're looking at. And, um, I could just tell that something didn't look right, but I also wasn't sure because she was moving around so much. Um, she couldn't like, she kept having to like, like one, two, three, pause, like snap the picture really quick. Um, the baby was just active as I'll get out. Um, and I could kind of tell that the energy in the room changed. Um, she said, okay, uh, I got the gender. I'm going to go tell your doctor and I'll be right back. Um, so she leaves the room and I text Ty really quick. And I said, it's a girl. Um, yeah, they're, she's telling the doctor all the things and um, they're going to come back and then I get to go home. Um, 
and I could tell by the way they came back in the room something for sure wasn't right. And I cracked a little joke. I was like, oh, it's a third girl, of course, we already knew. But, like, the joke wasn't well received. Uh, I I knew that that something was wrong. Um, and they came in the room and she was like, okay, I want to scan you one more time. So um, we do another ultrasound. Um, and the doctor is sitting next to me and, um, they get down and they set me up and my doctor looks at me and she says, you're by yourself. So will you please hold my hand? And so I held her hand and she says, this is not good. I have some really tough news. Your baby has a birth defect that makes her not compatible with life outside of the womb. And, you know, like, when when you're in that situation, like, seconds can feel like an eternity. And when she said to me, your baby has a birth defect, my what was going through my brain was like, but it's going to be okay. I never thought I would hear her say that's not compatible with life outside the womb. Um, so that day our baby was diagnosed with a birth defect called anencephaly. Um, and because I was by myself, um, she didn't want to like throw all the information at me. Um, she gave me basically enough information to be able to make a phone call to Ty and say, it's not good. Um, she has a birth defect. She's not compatible with life outside the womb. Um, and, and just to go back to the care that we received from this doctor, her and the ultrasound tech offered to give me a ride home. Um, it's just like, it's unbelievable to me, the care that they provide. Um, but I, I told them that I was, I was good enough to drive home by myself and I just drove across the street and I real quick called Ty, um, and I told him what the deal was, um, and the doctor came to our house after she got off work that day and she brought all the reading material, everything that we would need, um, to know about this birth defect that our baby had. Um, so she sits in our living room and hugs us and cries with us and cares for us. And, um, it it was just, it was truly, um, I'm forever grateful for that, for that time. Um, but you know, she, she told us everything we need to know about anencephaly. And if you don't know about anencephaly, like we didn't until our baby was diagnosed with it, it's where, um, the top half of your skull doesn't develop. Um, everything else is there except for the top half of your skull. Um, and 
at just 17 weeks, um, February 21st, our sweet Millie Grace was born. Um, she was still born, um, but it was quite incredible. Um, yeah, that that one was a little tougher, and I know for at least for guys or for you know husbands or that it's a little that it's you know when someone when your wife has a miscarriage you know you don't really have that connection to the baby like they do and so it's it's more disappointment and it's more your wife is feeling has the feelings and so you're trying to comfort her and there's you know it's it's not good at least this is just how I felt you know, it's it's not a good situation, but this one, when we actually had to give birth to her, and then when we held her, you know, we had that connection, and so it was actually, it it felt, I don't want to be, I don't know if the wording's right, but it felt, you know, more real to me, like, here's my child, and she's not, you know, alive, and, you know, it was a lot tougher than any of the other not saying that those weren't tough, but, you know, it's I was holding her right there, looking at her, so it was a little tougher. Ty's got me crying over here. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I, I, st- I stopped with the words um, that it was incredible. It wasn't incredible because we lost our baby, but what was incredible about it is that just 17 weeks... She had everything she needed to have. Yeah. She was fully formed, minus the top half of her skull. Um, We have her footprints hanging on our wall. Um, We saw fingernails. We saw eyelashes. Like, our baby girl was formed. Um, So that's why I say it was incredible, because you just see how... how precious and how, you know, at just 17 weeks there, they have everything they have. They just are, the only thing they have left to do is grow. Um, but so yeah, we, we got to spend a few hours with our baby. Um, we, ah, yeah, it was tough. Um, (laughs) I always heard my mom say growing up that like the worst thing a parent would have could have to do is to bury their child and I think we can say that that is most definitely the hardest day of our life um it that was that was something um, to have our baby be stillborn. Um, and then we had to leave her behind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've, we've done some, goodness, I'm sorry. Um, we've done some fun things in her memory. Um, 
we made a little memorial garden for her in our backyard. Um, and for our other babies as well, um, because we've had more than one loss. Um, but Millie's loss has by far been, we've grieved that loss the hardest. Um, and, and I think it's because we, you know, I was, I could feel her move in my womb. Um, and we held her and we saw her, um, Millie's loss was incredibly, incredibly hard. Um, but it's, it's, it's fun. It's peaceful to go to our garden. Um, and, and I think Millie's loss is, is it's a different kind of loss. And so we have, you know, loss ranging from miscarriage to birth defects, stillborn. Um, our hearts have, our, our hearts have been through it. Um, and that brings me to our current state Um, after we, after we lost Millie, I was, um, goodness, I, I already said it a hundred times, but I was grieving so hard. Um, and there came a time, um, well, let, let me back up a little bit. I had an appointment and, um, with the doctor after, uh, like a postpartum checkup. Um, and she said, you guys really should wait 18 months, um, to get pregnant again. Um, basically I had been pregnant since like 2019. <laughs> uh, I was pregnant and then we lost and lost and then I was pregnant and then we lost. And then we had our <clears throat> two babies pretty close together And then I got pregnant again pretty soon after our second baby. And so she was like, it would really behoove you to like give your body a bit of a break. I mean, you've been pregnant like our old marriage pretty much. Yeah, pretty close. Um, with a smile on my face. (laughs) Um, so yeah, she really recommended to wait 18 months, but she was like, you know, I, I know your heart and, um, I know that you just want another baby so bad. So she was like, you know, six months <clears throat> would be okay to wait. Um, or basically like, let's check back in six months and kind of see how you're healing, see how things are going. And if they're progressing well, then I would release you to try to get pregnant. Um, six months postpartum from Millie. Um, and there came a time in our grieving that I joke and say I became psycho lunatic crazy. Um, but I just, I just wanted another baby so bad. Um, Ty wasn't quite ready. Um, he, he was still healing and grieving. Um, but I felt like the only thing that could heal my heart is if we got pregnant again. And Without Ty's permission, I texted my doctor 
and um, she had put me on some medication um, after we lost Millie. And I asked her, can I get pregnant on this medication I'm on? And she said, people do it all the time. And that's all I needed to hear. (laughs) Three months after we lost Millie, we got pregnant. Um, And the VIP treatment I was talking about, she got us in for ultrasound right away. Um, We heard the baby's heartbeat. We got to see the baby. Um, and, but because of our history and because of the birth defect that Millie had, um, she wanted me to have ultrasounds and appointment, doctor's appointments every two weeks. Um, so we went to our first one and there was baby, heart, strong heartbeat. Um, and, um, yeah, everything looked exactly how it should look. Um, so then two weeks go by. And, um, the morning of my next ultrasound, I wake up and Ty's leaving for work and I notice I'm having some spotting. So I tell Ty I'm having some spotting and of course being dad and comforter and husband and caretaker He says, everything is going to be okay. We already heard the heartbeat. We already saw the baby. Everything is going to be fine. Um, And it just wasn't quite enough for me. So I texted my doctor. And um, I said, I'm having some spotting this morning. And she responds back right away. And she says, it is not uncommon to have spotting at this stage in pregnancy. Um... I was, I was eight weeks along. It's not uncommon to have spotting at this point in pregnancy, but I know with your history, it can be stressful. Let's get you in for an ultrasound today. Thankfully, I had already had an ultrasound scheduled that day. Um, and you know, about a a thing about me is like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a go-getter. I don't take naps much. I don't, I just love to go and do and be and, um, even if it's just sitting outside drinking a cup of coffee, like that's just, I would love to do that. I I don't love to take naps. Um, I took my kids over to my mom's house because she was going to come with me to the doctor's appointment and the babysitter was going to watch them from my grandma's house or from my mom's house. My grandma was going to watch them from my mom's house. Um, and I think I went over there like three hours before the appointment and I slept. I put the kids down for a nap and I slept the entire time. Um, I was just, I was so stressed. I, I would probably say like I was in like a bit of a depression Um, like I just couldn't, it was just an overwhelming tired that I was feeling. Um, I just knew that it wasn't going to be good. Um, and I go in for the ultrasound with my mom and sure enough, miscarriage number three. Um, so that is actually currently, 
um, were healing from our third miscarriage. That was just a couple weeks ago. Um, we've been through some pretty significant loss and, um, our hearts have been broken time and time again around pregnancy and growing our family. Um, though we do have two beautiful little girls that we don't take for granted, um, that doesn't make our losses any less hard. Um, it's been a roller coaster. It's been a ride for us. Yeah. It's been, that's our story, you know, so far. And, you know, we're not done trying. We're going to keep trying and, you know, it won't stop us. Yep. So we're going to keep on going. And, you know, I think we want to share our story so that other people can share their story. And so other people can feel like they're not alone or, you know, isolated. Yeah. People have stories out there that need to be heard and so people can have a community community and hear this things and people who have had more significant loss than us yeah we want to hear your stories yeah yeah we've you know we're blessed to have two beautiful little girls yeah. you know but i will say ty we don't want this to just be dare i say a depressing place yeah um we we say that this is a miscarriage around <laughs> This is a podcast around miscarriage, life, and family. Yeah. Um, and if you have life experiences that you feel like are worth sharing, we want to hear them. Um, if you are just so in love with your family and you just want to talk about your family, write us, message us. We, we would love to have people on our podcast that um, have been through, you know, a variety of things. Um, and and our heart and our goal is is to bring of course um this this taboo subject of miscarriage and pregnancy loss to light um and to give um families who have been through loss a safe place to go to um whether it be just you listening to our podcast or you um joining us in our home to have an interview um we we want this to be a safe place. We want this to be a place where people can come and they can take refuge and and know that they're not alone and know that we're all in this together. Um, and, and we also want it to be a place for support people too, to be able to come and ask questions and, um, you know, figure out how is the best way to care for somebody who's going through loss Um my, my, I'm, I am passionate about miscarriage. I am passionate about pregnancy loss. And so you will hear me speak a lot on pregnancy loss and miscarriage. Um, but you will also hear me speak a lot about my family because I'm so in love with them. Um, and you know, I've, I've been on a mission trip, so I have other life stories that I would love to tell on this podcast. Um, but please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Don't hesitate to share your stories with us. Um, whatever they are, we would love to read through them and, you know, sift through and have some people on this podcast. Um, but we just want to say thank you again for joining us on the Before I Knew You podcast. Um, this is our first episode. Um, that is our story and it's about us. Uh, I can't wait to have some of you on to interview some of you. 
Um, but please don't forget to like and su- to subscribe to our channel. Um, we are also on the social medias, so please follow us on Facebook and Instagram um, so you can be in the know and be a part of this community. Um, and also, we'll share fun things about our family on that page, and um, I just I hope to make it a fun place, um, even though we're all here for a hard reason. Um, so this is the before I need.